The Gadget Guy on Cambridge 105 Radio. Thanks very much to Lucy for the last couple of hours on home. She'll be back next Monday. Welcome to The Gadget Guide. And we're going to be talking in a few minutes' time about bean-to-cup coffee machines. So if you do like your coffee, uh, stick around for that one. First, though, it's a look at this week's technology news. And uh, there's a, a fair bit that's been uh, been wandering through the, uh, the the front and, well, middle pages. Um, let's start off with, with Microsoft, because uh, they and their Xbox, this is their sort of game focus uh, offering, have been doing a little bit of a revamp. Yes, of course, uh, the big news was uh, Microsoft's Activision Blizzard acquisition, which looks like it's finally getting all of the nods from the regulators going through. But uh, Microsoft saying that they are planning to build a mobile Xbox storefront, so getting into the mobile gaming world which uh, is possibly going to give Apple and Google a little bit of a, a, a thought, as well as even Nintendo with the Nintendo Switch as effectively their mobile gaming platform. And of um, course, Microsoft not really got a massive direct play in the mobile market at the moment. Yeah, no. Windows no. Phone went, <laughs> went away many years ago, uh, and they've kind of not really done much there either in the gaming world or the, or the sort of the the uh, mobile business device world it's they, they've got the software they've got the the 365 mobile apps but kind of notable by their absence otherwise yeah and i think some of this comes from a new and of course this is eu so we're not sure how this is going to affect the uk but the digital market act which the eu is rolling in which comes into effect in a year's time which basically will have new rules for how Apple and Google, basically being the gatekeepers to mobile platforms, uh, work around companies in order to be fair for competitors. So this might see uh, Amazon allowing you to buy Kindle and uh, Amazon Prime uh, movie content again on your phone, which they took away because they had to pay effectively a commission to Apple or Google if you bought content via your device and similarly with a lot of other talk yeah, yeah we've talked about this a few times it's it's that sort of trade-off of you want the useful service of apple google whoever else being a trusted sort of verifier of you know the this app that you're installing is the app that it says it is and it's from at least a company that has gone through some amount of uh of due diligence but at the same time, so you know, do, do you just want to allow anyone to to become an application provider versus the the sort of costs and the, and the effectively the monopoly on those devices that they have as a result? It's I think it's a tough balance. It's going to be interesting. So I think we'll be watching what happens over the next year with that and how that rolls in, and then watching what the UK does closely as far as um, whether we actually adopt the same requirements in in our market uh, we'd like to think that we do because I, it's, I it's going to be strongly suspect that we will yeah 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 and if, if nothing else it's you know the the more aligned you can keep this re- regulation the the more likely it is we'll continue to have access to the same content if if the uk goes off in a completely different direction to <laughs> either america or europe um then suddenly you're going to get the yeah this content isn't available in your uh, in your country um, dance that yes. we've seen in a few times in the past. Yes, everyone will work out how to VPN through France and Germany. Um, but enough about that. Uh, moving from mobile and gaming, well, something that you might buy to actually improve your gaming rig could be a solid state drive an SSD. 
Yeah, th- this is an interesting because um, there, there's apparently been a, a little bit of a, uh, a plague of fake SSDs. So if you think you're buying a, uh, something like the, the Samsung uh, 980 Pro. That's a, a very uh, a very capable device. Um, in fact, I think I've got one in my machine here. I think um, I've got one in mine as well. Yes. Yeah, they're they're a, a decent, well known, known to be reliable make. Um, but we're starting to see ones pop up on the market that claim to be the Samsungs that actually aren't. And we we saw this a few years back with things like memory cards, so SD cards that you might have put in a uh, a media player or a camera or something like that, and USB uh, sticks. Flash drives, and, yeah. Yeah, and the, there was sort of a, a couple of ways in which the fakes became obvious and the, the, the sort of the less bad one was you used it and it just didn't work as quickly uh, or maybe didn't last as long. Um, the more obnoxious version was if you bought, say, a one terabyte uh, disk, then you actually got a maybe 16 gigabytes, so a tiny fraction of the <laughs> yes. size, that looked like one terabyte until you actually started writing data to it, at which point it either hopefully didn't work or worse, looked like it worked, but threw away all your photos. Yeah. Um, so it's it's definitely yeah. Well, one of those sort of make sure you buy from a rep, uh, reputable retailer, but that can be hard to do at times, particularly if you go on a platform like Amazon, where a lot of these devices can get sold by third party sellers. Yes, yes. So do check where you're buying from. Check when you check out that you are. If you're on the Amazon platform and you you want to be guaranteed that you're getting something that's uh, more likely to be okay, make sure you're not buying from a, uh, an Amazon marketplace seller. It is effectively, or, or at least one that you don't recognise. Yeah, if yeah. It's, there there are some of the very big. Oh yes, I mean uh, if you, big if you sellers see on Amazon as well, Curry's PC is, is World in the fine. in the shop of of Amazon marketplace, you're probably going to be okay. But if you see you know Fred's discount computer parts. No offence, Fred, but you might look a little bit dodgier than anything else. And, yeah, just, just if the price looks too good to be true, it, yeah, it, it probably is. is. <laughs> yeah. uh, think, and th- think about what the recommended retail is, and if it's half that, it's probably not a real item. Exactly, and Am- Amazon does show you the, the different prices from the different sellers, and, yeah, it's exactly that. You look down that price list, if you're seeing a massive outlier either direction, um, then I would definitely be a little bit suspicious of that. So if you are looking to upgrade your computer, looking for some new storage, an SSD can make a huge difference to the performance of your PC. Um, but do just watch out that you're getting the the real thing. Yes, yes. Keep an eye on where you're getting stuff from and by using a method that gives you some sort of guarantees as well. Yes, obviously anything on a credit card or anything on services like PayPal, which which come with sort of fairly generous refund uh, policies. If anything does go wrong, it's definitely worth using. Yes. Uh, moving from fake SSDs to, well, flaws in your mobile phone. And this affects rather a large number of mobile phones because of the hardware that actually goes into the phones that make them talk to the mobile network. Yeah, this is something we sort of don't see a lot of in the news. So this is the uh, uh, the, the Exynos chipset, uh, which is used in, I think, mostly Samsung phones, but also Google's Pixel branded uh, phones are probably the, the ones you're most likely to see this pop up in. Um, and there's a number of vulnerabilities that have been uh, have been disclosed. Uh, they were actually found by uh, by Google's Project Zero. Um, which is a, a team of security researchers within uh, within Google who basically go out and try and find 
uh, flaws in other products that are very common on the market so that we can all be a bit more secure rather than to directly benefit Google. Um, but if you have a Samsung Galaxy S22, M33, M13, M12, A71, A53, A33, A21, A13, A12, or A4, um, or the Google Pixel 6 or 7 in the various different flavors, um, then uh, you probably want to apply the latest software updates because uh, otherwise the impact of these is that somebody who knows your phone number can potentially uh, potentially craft uh, a, a sort of attack uh, payload that can get access to uh, to your phone and make it do things that it shouldn't be. Yes, the the interesting one is that one of the uh, components, the Exynos T one twenty three, the T five one two three, is used in quite a lot of smart automotive um, systems. So if your yes. car has connectivity uh, without you actually having to pay your phone, so in other words, it can talk back to the manufacturer, do updates, and so on. Check for updates on that as well, because there is a number of manufacturers using this chipset that is also vulnerable. Hopefully they will all get updates out pretty soon. Google have patched the Pixel 7s, so make sure you do the security updates on your phone. Samsung reckon that they've got something imminent. Their March update didn't patch it. Google's March update did patch it for the Google's, uh, for the Pixel 7. So uh, we're fingers crossed that either they'll bring out an, uh, an emergency update, but we're only about a week or two away from the April updates. If mitigating, if you don't, if, yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, if you don't get that update soon, then you can work around this by turning off Wi-Fi calling. So if you go to your uh, your phone settings, uh, go into the the network SIM settings, uh, there should be an option to turn off Wi-Fi calling. Uh, obviously, that's. A bit of a problem if you're uh, somewhere that doesn't have good mobile signal and you rely on uh, Wi-Fi calling. You normally see a little VO, uh, VO Wi-Fi icon appear up in the top of your screen if, uh, if Wi-Fi calling is enabled. Um, so, yep, that can work around it. Staying yes. on the security uh, side of things for a moment, the other one, um, the, this was uh, one of those uh, sort of vulnerabilities that was fancy enough to get a nice name, and I think this was called the Acropolis, um, which was uh, uh, in particular Pixel phones, uh, although I think also some Samsung devices. If you use the uh, screenshot cropping functionality, so if you take a screenshot on your phone, um, and then edit it to maybe crop it down to only select a, sm uh, a smaller area of the screen, uh, maybe do some drawing over it to mask out sensitive details, and then post that cropped image somewhere. It didn't always re uh, remove the original image. Now, the details of why it did it effectively came down to when the image was cropped, it got smaller, but it left the rest of the image file still present. Now, most of the time, if you just looked at that, it would look like just the cropped image. But if you get that and put it through um, one of the sort of data recovery tools, then it can sometimes get part of the image back. And of course, if you've if you've used the cropping and the, the markup to obfuscate maybe your address or your phone number or, um, <laughs> heaven forbid, even sort of credit card numbers, um, this can be a real problem. Um, they are working on uh, on fixes for it, but the the challenge here is that anything you have already sent to other people, the fixes aren't going to be able to go back and uh, and stop it working. Um, so th this is a this is a pretty pretty bad one to be honest. I th I think it only 
I think it only impacts crops. So if you've just taken a full-size um, screenshot and just sort of blanked bits out, you're likely to be okay. If you've cropped down photos, that's likely to be okay in most situations. It's mostly just screenshots that have been cropped down. Um, in terms of what to do about it, if, if you do have one of these devices, um, I, I don't have great advice here. I, no. Short yeah, I think, of I think, going out onto the internet and deleting these <laughs> these screenshots, yeah, it, it's kind of a bad one. Um, yeah. I, there there are some if you search and the, through and, uh, and the, the challenges. This bug has been kicking around in for, the for Google Pixel phone since the Pixel Four. Yeah, um, like I said, I I really don't I don't have great advice. I. There are some saving graces in that some forums and message boards, my guess is that if you have not tested this, so please don't rely on it, I'm guessing that if you post to the likes of Facebook or, or Twitter, the sort of automatic image resizing will probably do the right thing and then make it not retrievable. Yep. Um, so hopefully the big social media platforms, it's going to be okay. But otherwise, it's definitely worth sort of having a look through your screenshots folder on your phone and double checking to see whether you've got anything that you might be concerned about. Um, uh, and if so, try and uh, try and think back to where you might have might have posted those uh, the, those bits of information. Yeah, and the, the things to worry about are things like credit card numbers and so on if you redacted that in a screenshot. But fortunately, a lot of the banking apps, if you were trying to take a screenshot in a banking app of your card it details... It actually let you. It doesn't let you. So the banking apps have thought about a lot of these things and are saving us from ourselves in a lot of instances. Yes, annoying as it can be at times. Um, moving on, uh, TikTok, since we're talking about social media. Uh, this, is, this has been an interesting one in the last few days. Uh, it has been banned from government-issued mobile devices. So if you have a, uh, a UK government phone, you're not allowed TikTok on it. Um, and then earlier on, the BBC also said if, you're, uh, if you have a BBC-issued mobile phone, then you shouldn't use TikTok unless you have a good editorial reason. So in other words, if, if you need it to do your job, then you can use it. Um, but if you don't, then you shouldn't have it on there. The, this stems from the concern that TikTok, who are owned by Byte, uh, or which is made by ByteDance, um, has a large portion of the ownership uh, under Chinese government control. There are some concerns, although, to be honest, we're not yet seeing a lot of actual evidence behind these um, that it might be under uh, under state influence. Not many details coming out. Is this just a, a sort of abundance of caution, or is there actually some um, some kind of hard uh, hard data that we're just not seeing at the moment? I I don't think I'd go as far as to say everyone should uninstall TikTok or anything like that. But maybe if you've got a phone that has particularly sensitive information, maybe if it's a work phone, um, then consider whether having that app is uh, is necessarily the, the most suitable thing for that device. Yeah, keep it on your personal phone. Do your uh, cat videos and um, publish pictures and, and videos of you doing your latest culinary expertise in your kitchen. But yeah, maybe not on the work phone. Yeah. Uh, heading over into uh, into internet land, this was an interesting rumour. Uh, Virgin Media O2, so that's the, the merger of Virgin Media and uh, and the mobile network O2 that happened a, a couple of years back. Um, they're they're rumoured to be in early stage talks about taking over City Fibre. Um, City Fibre are the, the folks you may have seen 
digging up the streets and putting in uh, uh, high-speed fibre broadband around Cambridge and uh, and several other cities. Um, VMO2 got their eye on them. I I think that this will cause more than a few raised eyebrows at uh, the sort of competition and uh, and markets authority. Uh, Probably Ofcom as well. Yeah, um, given they're two of the very large players there. That said, VMO2 were saying that they might take over, um, was it Talk Talk? I think, a, a year or two back. And that never went anywhere. So probably a little early to uh, to, to start thinking too much at the moment. Um, but probably a bit of a worrying time if you work for City Fibre, given that they've uh, <laughs> made some re- recent redundancies anyway. And there's a lot of overlap between the two networks. Yes, and there's this thought that it could end up being more of a joint venture uh, called Next Fibre, uh, which has been backed by Telefonica, um, who uh, were the parents yeah, of, of Liberty Global, I think, aren't they? Yeah, InfraView Capital Partners um, with City Fibre. So, I mean, a, a a joint venture makes a bit more sense. City Fibre being the third largest provider of fibre after OpenReach and Virgin Media over two. Um, and, and, I mean, they're up to two and a half million um, connected premises. So that's they're, they're doing very well. But I, um, I guess from from a Virgin Media point of view, their interest is going to be, first of all, avoiding the competition, uh, yeah. and that'll be the thing that'll get looked at very closely. But also, they have, City Fibre have a much more modern network than than Virgin Media <laughs> do in a lot of Drastically, places. Drastically, yes. Um, and that's going to save them a whole load of work. Uh, VMO2 are looking at refreshing their whole, uh, whole existing network over the next sort of two to five years if they can avoid doing that in a bunch of cities with about a quarter of their network locations, then maybe that makes sense to, to just acquire City Fibre and, and use their infrastructure instead. Yeah, Virgin Media 2 sitting at 16-odd million um, connections. Um, so if you take um, basically 2.5 million out of that picture, it saves you a lot of money. Yeah, I think the the best estimate is that about sixty to seventy percent of uh, City Fibre's build overlaps with, with with Virgin Media's build at the moment. So they'll also get that sort of thirty percent. Um, What's well, that work out as half a million or thereabouts uh, extra properties that that VMO two doesn't cover at the moment. Yep, I guess what it means for you is there's going to be still a reasonable amount of competition in getting a piece of glass into your house to bring the internet in. Yeah, roll, uh, roll on. Uh, South Cambridgeshire Villages, I think, is uh, <laughs> the ones we really need. Uh, and then finally, on uh, uh, the data centre end of things, so this is the uh, the pl- vast places that all the servers that actually deliver you your Netflix and your Amazon Prime and, well, frankly, everything else. Um, AWS, Amazon Web Services, this is the, the computing arm of Amazon, um, is is looking to to see whether they can uh, power their data centres with waste vegetable oil. Um, at the moment, a lot of these data centres use diesel for uh, for their backup generators. They're now looking at whether they can use uh, hydrogenated vegetable uh, oil instead, and clearly uh, another step towards their kind of net zero or, or net negative uh, CO two emissions. Yes, and it, it's a, a sensible way to do it. We've seen biobuses and um, HGVs switching to HVO, hydrogenated vegetable oil, diesel, and it's been pretty successful. Yes, your bus does somewhat smell like it's um, a it chippy. like a fish and chip shop, but yeah, that, yep. that, I'm, I'm going to say that's not a bad thing. It's it's less obnoxious than just raw diesel stink. Exactly. Um, but uh, so... 
uh, Amazon claiming that switching will reduce gas house, uh, greenhouse gas emissions. Yes, well, that's been proven. Um, and they don't have to do any major modifications to the generators that they've got in place already. Um, so that's a, a big plus. A lot of modern generators can just cope with uh, biodiesel without any major modification. So it'll be an interesting one to watch. One of the things that they are doing a lot of work on is making sure that getting HVO doesn't increase the green footprint by basically adding fuel miles to something that's already yeah. trying to be green. So basically uh, maintaining um, control over how that fuel is delivered and sourced to keep that as green as possible as part of the process. Of course, uh, a lot of uh, supply chains in the diesel side are seriously evaluating how they get uh, fuel around because of all of the ban on Russian diesel and uh, oil uh, over the last uh, couple of months. Well, for fish and chips to a cup of coffee. Up next. Cambridge 105 Radio. In 1960s Cambridge, the Rolling Stones performed at the Rex Ballroom, Chris Farlow was on stage at the Alley Club, and Helen Shapiro played live at the Regal Cinema. On Sunday mornings, John Gannon takes you back to the swinging 60s with music and memories. John Gannon's 60s scene, Sunday mornings at 8 on Cambridge 105 Radio. Listen live on Radio Player. So, you want to promote and grow your business? Well, here's an idea. Get it in front of more people with a city centre location. Get a stall at Cambridge Market. With thousands of local customers, a stall at our bustling traditional market is the perfect place to promote your business and your products to potential customers. Get a stall from just £10 a day. Visit cambridge.gov.uk slash markets to get your application started today. CKLG Accountants are a friendly team of accountants and tax advisors with big firm expertise. I'm Sarah, one of CKLG's friendly tax advisors. Cambridge has one of the highest proportions of startups and early stage businesses in the UK. If you have an idea for a new business and are ready to get started, we can help you tackle the accounting, tax and financial challenges you will encounter. To find out more, call us on Cambridge 810100 to arrange an initial chat with one of our specialists or visit our website cklg.co.uk cklg accountants your partner in business your partner in life cambridge 105 radio cambridge 105 radio is the gadget guide with rob and lawrence and we're talking now about bean to cup coffee machines um so where do we uh, where do we start here? I guess the obvious competition nowadays is from the various pop de- pod based devices. So that's the uh, the Nespresso's, the Dolce Gusto's, and the Tassimo machines. So given all of those options for a decent cup of coffee, not to mention the uh, humble cafetiere, what might make you want to go for a bean to cup machine? Uh, possibly greener, less plastic or metal. Uh, you know, no pods to to really think about. But if you do use a pod machine, don't feel guilty about it because there are now recycling schemes available for all the pod systems. Podback is the place to go, podback.org. Um, and basically you get a bag for your either your Nescafe or your, uh, or your Nespresso or your Tassimo pod. So it's a different bag for aluminium to plastic. And then once you have filled the bag, you can drop it off at any of the Yodel Collect Plus 
um, locations. Now, in Cambridge, you've got uh, the Spa on Chesterton Road, the BP uh, Garage on Elizabeth Way, Element Stores on Mill it. Road, Cromwell BP News just Agents. Ten as well is one that I've used. Uh, Spa on Barnwell Road, Cherry Hinton Mini Mart, BP on Orchard, uh, BP Orchard, Cherry Hinton Road, Martins in Cherry Hinton. Plenty of places where you can drop off your bag of pods. The bags can be a little bit of a challenge to get your hands on. Now, if you buy your pods online from Nespresso or Tasmo Direct, you can include a bag with your next order. The, the place convenient. I found uh, getting them is Acado. If you do online shopping with Acado, then you can get a bag either free if you buy some pods that uh, that order, or one p if you uh, if if you don't. So um, I've not looked at whether uh, whether any of the other big sort of online shopping uh, services right, right do now this. Just a cardo, Certain, certainly a cardo do. Yes. Um, um, generally speaking, they're you know they're they're cheap enough, either cheap or free. If you have a friend who either uses that or is gets their pods directly from uh, from Nespresso get them to bung a couple of bags on their next door so to share them te- around. Tessimo, little secret, if you go to tessimo.com uh, and go to the UK site and in the search, just search for Podback, it will take you to the Podback page and there's a, if you require additional bags, you can order these here. Mm. When you click through to that, you fill in your address and they will post you 10 bags free of charge. Nice. Which is quite convenient. So that's that's one way to do it. Uh, the other thing is uh, you can actually pick up uh, recycling bags in Morrison's. So ah, those handy. who are slightly west of Cambridge, uh, who, who like to travel to Morrison's in, in Camborne for their shopping, pick up in, in Morrison's. You just ask at customer uh, service and they'll be able to give you a pod back bag for the type of pods you've got. So there are some decent options and they do get recycled. Um, and because all that's going into those bags is the, the pods, they can have very efficient recycling uh, systems for that. They basically take the com- coffee out, compost it or turn it into fire logs uh, and then recycle the aluminium which of course is a very recyclable material and the plastic um, if there's and, plastic, and the in, plastic the, in the tessimo um, pods yeah yeah indeed I, I think the aluminium is probably a little more recyclable but both of them do get uh, treated i don't know i think uh, tessimo are, are using a reasonable amount of recycled plastic in the pod creation now as well which is good good, good. uh but if you don't don't want your uh, your pod machines then bean to something and there's sort of two two categories here. There's bean to cup and bean to jug. And bean to jug machines, we'll just look at these briefly. Um, these are the sort of the next step up from the old coffee filter machines where you put the, uh, the paper or plastic basket in the top, fill it up with ground coffee, and it drips water over that. Bean to jug machines are like that, but they've got a bean grinder built in. So you hit the go button, it grinds however many beans into your paper filter, makes a jug full of coffee, and then you have to clear the filter out and put the next one in ready for it. So it's a sort of half-automated thing. It's quite a nice way of, of getting that uh, sort of jug of, of freshly ground, freshly brewed coffee yep. in the morning. But you do still have to do a little bit of work. Bean-to-cup machines or, tend to do the whole the, lot automatically. The bean-to-jug machines tend to not require a paper filter anymore. They they are using a metal filter to, to cut yes. down on the waste. Although you, you, do, you do need to sort of clean that out, empty it. Yes generally yes. your, yourself whereas the bean to cup machines will typically do all of that for you so they will do everything needed to make a cup of coffee and then get themselves back into the state where they can do it all over again and you just yes. have to empty them every so of course and again why would you go for a bean to cup machine apart from cutting down on pods because basically when you're grinding that coffee bean 
and extracting the flavour straight away, you're getting the fullest flavoured, freshest coffee. So this is getting you effectively that coffee shop barista coffee on your kitchen counter. Yep, and generally speaking, you know, ground coffee, if it's open to the atmosphere, starts going a little bit rubbish after days. You know, yeah. As soon as you've opened that bag of coffee, uh, ground coffee, it starts getting less fresh. And I would say after a week, it's it's substantially worse than it was when you first opened it. Whereas a bag of coffee beans, roasted coffee beans, might last maybe a month uh, before that starts getting uh, getting worse. Yeah, secret oh. is keep, keep those uh, grounds or the beans themselves in the freezer. So yes. in an airtight container in the freezer, that makes things last longer. Um, just the reduction in the amount of oxygen to those helps as well. So a sealed container is always going to be better as well if you haven't got the freezer space to put your coffee in the freezer. So looking anyway. at uh, yeah, the bean-to-cup coffee machines. What, How do you pick one? <laughs> yeah, the, there's it's something that sort of didn't exist really a few years ago and then it suddenly became a thing that you could get for a sort of a domestic amount of money. In other words, they've always existed in so uh, the, restaurants the, and service the, stations. The best price I have found so far, and this is quite a lot of searching, was from AO.com, and I found a bean-to-cup machine for £179. It's out of stock at the moment, <laughs> uh, but their next one that was in stock is £189. So we're talking sub-£200 for a, a fairly basic machine which will have coffee beans in it, have water in it, put your mug, hit the button, get coffee which is basically what a bean cup to, to cup machine is, is aiming to do for you now if you want to go to some of the fancier machines they've got things like milk frothers milk steamers so if you prefer your cappuccinos or your lattes um, then they have the ability to either just produce steam down a nozzle uh, which you can then get a, a, a container of milk um, uh, and yeah, that'll that'll steam it and turn it into uh, either steam milk or froth milk, depending on how you how you set it up. Or in some cases, they actually have a little milk fridge uh, or a milk dispenser that will just put that pre-steamed, pre-prepared milk right into the drink along with the coffee. Yes, and they can be a little bit messier to clean um, because as soon as you introduce milk into the coffee-making environment, you have got something that goes off a lot quicker. We've all dealt with milk that has gone off, and, yeah, it's not something Yogurt. that's very pleasant. <laughs> yeah, cream cheese in your coffee is not the way to make coffee. Um, but there's other ways of doing frothy milk, and, and some of the, the the cheapest, easiest ways are uh, you can buy, and you just search for this online, an Aero Latte, which is basically a high-speed whisk that you can basically just whiz up the milk and it makes foam that you can then spoon or pour into your coffee to give you that nice foaminess. Half of the foam on top of a good coffee is actually the crema, which is the foam derived from the oils in the coffee bean coming out into the water. So that's what gives you that foamy, creamy top to a black coffee. And Some of that normal. depends on... Yeah, yeah, that's normally related to the pressure that the machine runs at. So this is where you might see, um, yeah, obviously a, a sort of drip filter machine is just going to, to drip the water over. It's not going to push it through. Whereas a decent espresso machine might be running at something like 16 bar, which is 16 times atmospheric pressure uh, to really force the force the hot water through yeah. and get all of those last flavours and last oils out of the uh, out of the coffee beans as it does. 
Yeah, I'll give you an idea. That's eight times more pressure than your car tyres on average. <laughs> so quite a lot of pressure. And it it, it is that uh, difference in how long we take to push the hot water through the coffee beans or the ground coffee, uh, the pressure that we do it at, and the temperature of the water that... Uh, determines how we're actually going to get that coffee at the end of the day. All of those tend to be slightly adjustable depending on the machine. So the basic machines, you're going to have very little adjustability. So your 200-pound machine is probably going to just go uh, a good average, which work for most things. The type of beans you pick to put in your machine can change the type of coffee you're going to get at the end of it. So cheaper beans will not produce as nice a coffee as slightly better beans. And uh, then obviously the roast, that's the darkness of the beans, affects the strength of the coffee in a lot of instances as well. So things to think about are actually your source material, your coffee beans that you're going to put into your machine. Yeah, very much so. Uh, And we should say there's... Uh, as well as the the bean to cup bean to jug thing there's two slightly different takes on bean to cup uh which is if you go for the full barista style thing it'll be the kind of the two-step bean grinder on one side of the machine and effectively an espresso ma- uh, maker on the other side of the machine so you have to uh kind of move the the bean carrier or the, the ground coffee carrier from one to the other and and tap out the grounds afterwards versus the completely automated uh, machine. I suspect that if you want the very best coffee, you probably want this kind of two-stage process. But it's a lot more, a lot more fat. It, it, it's so. more work. It is more work. But you are going to get that. You know, like like we said, the coffee shop barista created uh, coffee. You, you, you're talking about machines that are suddenly into the. 600 pounds up range yes um is is where you're looking at for those sort of things and yeah it it takes a bit longer but you know good things don't necessarily need to be rushed those of us who go we want a coffee we want to put a mug under and push a button and get a coffee probably won't go for those things we want something that that takes care of everything inside when you when you're using something that's fully automated and integrated like that there are things that you do have to think about it will have a uh, a waste hopper, which it fills up with the the used beans after it has ground them, pushed hot water through, and then ejected that. Um, that involves taking something out and, and and tipping the coffee pellets that it effectively creates out. Those can be quite I am, useful. I am just going to to say, don't leave that job <laughs> too no, long. No, um, because used coffee co- goes coffee moldy. Exactly, coffee on its own is uh, is pretty inert, and uh, uh, a sort of just a cup of black coffee is probably not going to do anything too bad for a day or two. Um, but if you leave the coffee uh, coffee grounds in the drip tray or in the in the waste container for a week, then uh, uh, it starts becoming a, a life all of its very own. <laughs> the the grounds can be quite good in your compost, and there yes. are various um, veggies that you grow that do appreciate a little bit of extra uh, in the soil and coffee grounds can be quite a good additive. They can also be quite a good repellent for garden pests. I'll let you do the research yourself on that, but coffee grounds can be quite useful in the garden. Um, Otherwise, they are something you just put in your green bin, so they are a nice compostable waste. There is absolutely no worry about creating extra plastic or anything if you're doing that with a bean-to-cup machine. I'll tell you what, let's take a quick break, uh, maybe go and grab a cup of coffee, and then we'll take a look at some of the, the best machines out there if, uh, if all of this sounds good and you want to, uh, want to go and buy yourself a, a new little toy for Easter. Cambridge 105 Radio. 
Wednesday evenings on Cambridge 105 Radio is when we champion the Cambridge music scene. Tom Lumley of the band Tom Lumley and the Brave Liaison. There'd always be 12 people from other bands going down to each other's gigs. And it wasn't just be part of Hollow Stars Classic Rock or Searching Grey's Indie. These people then started going to watch all of our gigs, singing the words to each other's songs and making it a good atmosphere. You could see it in the fact that it went from struggling to sell enough tickets for the corner house to selling out J2. New Music Generator with Tim Willett, Wednesday at 7 on Cambridge 105 Radio. Listen live on Radio Player. An estimated one in five of us has had suicidal thoughts, but no one wants to talk about it. If someone is suffering, they're not going to pick up the phone and come to you. They're not going to knock on your door. You have to go to them. Asking about suicide won't prompt someone to kill themselves. In fact, it will probably help. If you knew someone was vulnerable, would you ask directly about suicide? I have been able to say on a couple of occasions, are you feeling suicidal right now? Both times they've said yes. And as I've said before, it's almost as if it's the first time they've probably admitted it to themselves. Learn how to have a life-saving conversation at StopSuicidePledge.org. Make a pledge and sign up for a Stop Suicide training workshop. I'd ask, would you? Nick Wombs Professional Painting and Decorating Services is your local award-winning decorating business with a great reputation. Our professional and friendly team can cover all aspects of decorating for domestic, commercial and industrial properties. So whether it's a bedroom makeover or an entire office block that needs repainting, we'll get the job done on budget and on time. Check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Nick Wombs Professional Painting and Decorating Services to see pictures of our work. Or call us today on 07794 516 291. Cambridge 105 Radio. You're listening to the Gadget Guide, and we are talking all about bean to cup coffee machines. So if you uh, if you want an alternative to your your pod based beverages, but at the same time still want a decent cup of, uh, of freshly ground coffee, uh, then maybe a bean-to-cup coffee machine is the one for you. So, what is out there on the market? You mentioned uh, earlier on you'd found uh, found one on AO.com for uh, around the £170, £180 mark. I did, yes, and that was the uh, just going to try uh, the the Beco. So Beco do a range of bean to coffee machines. Uh, the next one in stock from them is about two hundred pounds, so that's a reasonable machine. But working up through the range, uh, the DeLonghi range, uh, certainly a range that we're familiar with. I think you've got a DeLonghi. I, I have. It's, it's currently yes. exploded, but I think that was because <laughs> I left it out in the car when it froze. <laughs> so I, I can't uh, can't Fair blame enough. it for that. But you've, you've also had a previous DeLonghi's and had good life out of them. The, the rule of thumb on these machines is, sadly because of Cambridge water being very hard, is five to seven years is a reasonable life out of a coffee machine, now, which doesn't what, sound very long. <laughs> well, what I would say uh, with these, if you're looking for the, uh, to buy one, and this is certainly true of the, uh, the DeLonghi's on Amazon, is keep an eye on the prices over a little while yes. because they do vary quite a lot. Um, if you haven't already uh, seen it, the site camelcamelcamel.com, um, as in the, the animals with humps, um, 
is well worth a look because you can paste in an Amazon product link and it'll tell you what that price for that item has been over the last three months or year or something. I'm just looking at one of them very similar to one I've got is the uh, Delonghi ESAM 4200. Um, that's currently sitting at £312. It has gone between £180 uh, up to £400. So it can swing yeah. around hugely. It's sitting pretty much in the middle of that price range at the moment um but that's that's literally a, a doubling in price depending on uh, supply demand and all of that sort of thing yes can be quite interesting as i said cambridge water is very hard do get yourself some descaling tablets it's not necessary to buy the ones that the manufacturer sells which are always going to be quite expensive uh you can certainly buy them in bulk on your favorite online shopping emporium or even um, or, ebay or <laughs> and, if you uh, prefer the uh, the the solution rather than yep. tablets then yep. again you can get the sort of half liter or liter bottles those will then be good for and in cambridge the recommendation yep. is run it monthly do a descale monthly the machine will last longer if you do descale it regularly run the cleaning cycle they reckon run that at least weekly depending on how much coffee you put through it you might run it multiple times a week um looking at the high end of the range if we look at some of the more expensive stuff which yes you can buy from your favorite online retailers but also the likes of john lewis the smeg bean to cup comes out very well represented because it's very compact so those of us with smaller kitchens you were talking about something that fits in the same sort of footprint as a nespresso or a tassimo machine so nice and small and tidy so well, worth thinking hand. about you but are going to pay pounds. somewhere around £700 for <laughs> yes. it. So, yeah. Uh, interestingly to see Siemens. Um, maybe That's not very the, nice. the brand you'd yeah. uh, think of typically. Um, but a very nice device there. Again, around the £800 mark. But that has a built-in milk container and will do all of the milk frothing and dispensing alongside the coffee itself. So a very nice uh, sort of all-in-one bean-to-cup coffee machine. There we go. That's all we've got time for on today's Gadget Guide. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time and uh, have all of the latest technology news for you then. The Gadget Guy on Cambridge 105 Radio.